0: Hey there, traders. Looking to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com
1: right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading
0: in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com.
1: So buy low, sell high, throw that in the garbage can. You want to buy high and sell higher. Every trading book written by a real trader, we'll tell you exactly that. Jesse Livermore, Mark Minervini, Steve Burns, you name it, mm-hmm. they all say the exact same thing. Buy high, sell higher. This is the How to Trade Stocks Options podcast brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com where we cover finance, stocks, options, entrepreneurship, education, and money. And here's your host, voted one of the top 100 people in finance, Christopher Ewell. Hey, make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you'll be notified every time we give you more tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter every single week.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Schaefer's Market Mashup. This is your ever-dutiful host, Patrick Martin, Coming to you, unfortunately, not from a South Carolina beach anymore, but the suburbs of Westchester, Ohio. I am very excited to introduce this week's guest, Christopher Yule, CMA. He's a two-time top 100 person in finance and the host of the 10-Minute Stock Trader. Chris, how are you now?
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Patrick. Looking forward to uh, to chatting with you today.
2: Great. And I take it you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area? How's that right now? Yes.
1: Oh yeah, it's great. I, um, I mean, everyone's moving here. I mean, if you haven't heard, oh, every yeah. company is up and moving to Texas. So if you're not here yet, you will be at some point.
2: I, I have one friend who is moving to North Texas, but besides that, I'm, I'm afraid to say I've only been in Austin briefly. So I'm, I'm a little behind the eight ball right now.
1: No, it's okay. There's, uh, there's two types of Texans. There's uh, people who like Austin and people who don't. And I'm in the don't camp. <laughs>
2: Interesting.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Um, I, uh, I I've gr- I've lived in Texas my whole life, and every time I go to Austin, I, I just shudder because it's it's just a terribly laid out city. Okay, the traffic is miserable. The people are terrible. It's it's just not not where I want to be. But then mm. on the other side, there's people who would like fight me and say, "No, oh. Austin's the best place in Texas." So. Mm. Like I said, there's two kinds of people. Some that like them and some that don't.
2: That kind of sounds like almost, you know, from a, coming from a native, that it's jumped the Shark, essentially. Um, almost a little bit like a Nashville where it's over touristy. Is that, am, I, am I right?
1: Uh, probably so, yeah. I mean, the last time I went there was for a Formula One race, and um, the racetrack is amazing. But, you know, getting around Austin... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going to hotels, going up and down Sixth Street, doing doing the whole Austin thing. You know, this is pre pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just not my scene. I'm uh, I, I, yeah, like I said, it's just not my scene. You know, it's it's right for some people. It's right for Elon Musk. It's right for Joe <laughs> Rogan, but it's not
2: right. For me. Um, so let's jump right in. I, I looked on your website. You are very candid about your investing mistakes. You don't even, you shouldn't really call them mistakes. Lessons, I guess. Um, do you want to walk through some of the highlights of what got you to where you are now?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I've early on in my career, I decided that whenever I had a mistake or a lesson, I considered it my wall street tuition. So five figure wall street tuition could have been worse, I suppose. Yeah. But you know, you think of like a doctor or a lawyer or any sort of professional, who jumps into their profession, their career, they can't do it overnight. But yet the trading industry is full of people who say, take this course, do this lesson, follow these three simple patterns or whatever, and you'll be an instant millionaire. It's just not true. And the reason I'm so frank about it is because I don't think there's enough people who are, right? And I think that that's why I've gotten the audience and the recognition that I have is that I'm there to be vulnerable so other people don't make the same mistakes I did. I mean, Patrick, I blew up my account the first time, 60 days within opening it. Like the stat is 90% of traders blow out 90% of the account in the first 90 days of trading. I beat it, 60 days. The way I did it was I was overconfident, and taking way more risk than I ever should have but at the same time I learned a lot from it and the big takeaway from that point when I when I lost the account the first time I was trading against trends I had no idea what I was doing like I said but I also wasn't going to give up and I remember driving up the, uh, the Dallas North Tollway with my wife since we're going to be specific here <laughs> Um, she was driving, which is a very unusual circumstance, but she was driving. I looked over and I was like, Jennifer, I got to tell you something. She's like, what? And I was like, you know, I started trading a few months ago or a few weeks ago, really. She's like, yeah. I was like, things haven't gone so well. She's like, what do you mean? I was like, I lost a lot of money. And she's like, how much? And I was like, like two thirds of the account. And she's like, you know, er, what do you mean?
2: Break slam.
1: Yeah. And I'm like, well, I learned a lot. <laughs> And she's like, okay, Chris, don't even think about trading again. Can't you learn to trade with fake money? And Patrick, the light went on in my head, and I'm like, oh, paper trading. That's a great idea, a great idea on how to learn to trade. So I did that, and I did that for uh, several months to the point where I felt really confident again. And um, then gold was tanking I don't remember what year this was in the, in the 2015 ballpark mm-hmm. gold was tanking like hitting you know recent decade lows and I'm thinking to myself this has got to be the bottom several people on the, on the Twitters that I followed were all saying this has got to be the bottom so I'm like let's go long long gold, long silver, long GDX long GDXJ, long every possible thing with metals
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it kept going down and it kept going down. And Patrick, I don't know if you know this, but it kept going down after that. And again, I was staring at a, uh, a loss because I had refunded the account, got, got things back up and running. I was staring at a loss that was about two-thirds of my account again. And I'm like, son of a B. This is uh, Okay. I am doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And the way that I learned to trade, I feel is not conducive to most traders um so i learned to trade with like selling like naked calls naked puts Mm -hmm. you know taking much higher leverage for a much smaller return right Mm -hmm. like let's say taking 10 units of leverage for one unit return and if you lose on those one trade you you know you lose 10 units
2: yeah
1: and then you got to start all over again and now you're you know you have to get 10 perfect in a row to get back to even and i was like this sucks <laughs> this is not right i i mean there may be a high probability setup with this but i am like on the opposite end of the curve mm-hmm. like how how is it the like how am i getting all these wrong right so then i started thinking okay there's got to be a better way so i started the podcast Um, which is approaching nearly two million downloads now. It's called How to Trade Stocks and Options Podcast. Um, And in the process, I have talked to some of the brightest traders in the world, and it's completely transformed my trading. And at the end of the day, the best piece of advice that I can give to somebody is, number one, buy low, sell high, is the quickest way to the poorhouse. That's not how trading works. Patrick, if you bought something at $10, A, it's a pretty crappy stock because it's already at $10. Mm -hmm. B, you you bought it because it was on sale, right? Like at the grocery store. It's on sale. I'm going to get a great deal on it. But Patrick, not only was it not on, you know, it was on sale today, but it's going to be on sale tomorrow, but for like a bigger discount. And the day after that, and the day after that, and it's the opposite of the grocery store getting things on sale mentality when you're using financial products. You've got to buy them when they're going up because the market is going up because people are buying the stock. People want to be there. If you're buying something that everyone wants to get out of, it's it's I mean, the, in the simplest form, you could think of it like with GameStop when it was hitting its all-time high and then Robinhood locked it down and mm-hmm. said the only thing you can do is sell. There was no physical possibility in this world that it could continue to go up. It could only go down. So if everyone is selling, everyone's getting out of the stock and you've seen your stock drop from 20 when you liked it, 10, you must really love it, five, man, that's the blowout deal of the century. (laughs) Who's to say it's not gonna go to one or zero? But let's say your stock that you used to love at 20 has now gone up to 30 and everybody's getting into it. You see a high volume rally. It's above every moving average you've ever seen. You've back tested it with all of your data that you have access to and you can see, hey, you know what? as long as it's above its 10-day exponential moving average, something like that, for Mm -hmm. example, um, it has shown a a historical win rate of like 120% over the last two years or something like that. This is the kind of thoughts that go through my head. It's like, the last thing I want is something on sale. I want something as expensive as possible because I know other people are trying to get into it. So buy low, sell high, throw that in the garbage can. You want to buy high and sell higher. Every trading book written by a real trader We'll tell you exactly that. Jesse Livermore, Mark Minervini, Steve Burns, you name it, mm-hmm. they all say the exact same thing. Buy high, sell higher.
2: Yeah. Um, it, it, it makes sense from a standpoint of if this is something you're going to own, don't you want it to look good for everybody? You know, it, I don't
1: care what everybody thinks about it. It's, I really don't. It's I mean, like, what I care about is if I'm buying it at 30 and it goes up to 35, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And the way that I really think of it, I mean, I, I have a, you could call it like a five step system, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the steps in the system is to use back tested trend lines, right? And yes. some people call it support. Some people draw shapes on charts. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I am very much a data analytical person. Mm-hmm. So if I can go in and I use Trend Spider for all my back testing, it's really cool. You can click a stock, you can say, uh, you know, tell me the back test results every time it's above the five exponential moving average and uh, exit every time it's below the five exponential moving average. And you see what those results are. Mm-hmm. Try it with the 10. Try it with the 15. Try it with the 20.
2: 60. And basically,
1: yeah. you can get in anywhere while it's going up the stairs, right? Mm-hmm. But you've got to know when you're going to get out. Because, I mean, if it's going to go from 30 to 100, you could get in at 35 or 50 or 70 as long as you understand that you've got $1 or $2 of risk or something like that. So I am not at all a long-term holder. Um, Not a 10-minute holder. I know that's a misnomer. We can talk about that in a minute. But I want to be in and out of something with the weakest hands possible. If it's going up, I'm there. But as soon as it turns around, you can have it back. I don't want this. It's like hot potato.
2: It's not a fast pace. It's a reactive pace, I I feel like. The old John Wooden uh, phrase, be quick, but don't hurry. And so I, I did. You did mention the ten minute trading thing. Was that something when you were, f- you know, founding this company? Was that something you were cognizant of, or did it kind of come along later on? So let me tell
1: you how it came about. So I uh, was working in corporate finance. Uh, went the whole corporate finance track, and um, I really, oh, I love. I, I'll, I'll tell you the whole story. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of my favorite things. So um, I was working in corporate finance. And I overheard two people in the office talking about, um, you know, if you really feel so strongly that Deutsche Bank is going to go down, why don't you go out and buy puts? And um, people who have listened to my podcast would know I've told this story a hundred times. Mm-hmm. But I just, I love it because, like, immediately a light bulb went off in my head, and I'm like, what are puts? I've heard of puts. Deutsche <laughs> puts cool. I know about this. Hang on a second. And so I'm googling it, right? And it's like, uh, put rises in value as the stock price goes down. And I'm like. Oh, this is cool. Okay, so you can make money when stocks go down. I didn't even realize that because I hadn't really traded, right? I just did, you know, corporate finance accounting type stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, then I was one of those nerds who kept all my textbooks. Mm-hmm. And I turned around behind me and, and I pulled out my uh, my uh, uh, finance textbook and threw it on the table. And, you know, it's one of those nine hundred page textbooks where you drop it and the whole earth kind of shakes a little bit, right? Yeah,
2: it's wider than it is tall, essentially. Yes.
1: Yeah. And uh, I had two tabs on all 900 pages. One of the tabs was for bonds because bonds, you know, they're they're wacky in the way that they do pricing with the yields going up and the price going down, et cetera. Um, but the other tab was for options. And I'm like, whew, how did Chris from 10 years ago know to put this in there? So I flipped to this page and I'm reading all about the options. And keep in mind, I'm still sitting at my desk and I'm like, oh, this is. This is kind of cool. All right, all right. Let me check this out. So I was googling around and I found several websites that teach how to trade options. And like I said, the majority is basically just sell, sell puts, sell calls. It doesn't matter. You've got a thirty percent probability of profit at a seventy delta and you know thirty delta or whatever, uh, all day, every day. You don't have to worry about trends. Trends don't exist. Uh, the, the the market is sufficient. All this all this stuff that as a actual trader. I don't believe in anymore. Yes. Um, and then uh, I I needed to fund my first account and I can't remember where the account, I feel like it was, it was uh, like a Schwab knockoff, like it was Options Express by by Charles Schwab and it was awful. The worst platform I could have ever wanted to learn on, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it was the first one I found. And so I was like, okay, they need $5,000 to the account. And I, uh, I was like, where am I going to get $5,000? So I'm looking around and I'm like, I've got this old 401k that I've literally done nothing with ever. It was at a previous job. I never contributed to it and it was just sitting there and I'm like, let's cash it out. So I cash it out. I get the check. I remember walking into my kitchen, opening the, uh, the envelope, pulling out the check. And I kid you not, Patrick, that check, I needed $5,000 to open the account. 18 cents
2: more. It was 18 cents $5, more.
1: $5,000 and 15 cents. 15.
2: Ah, oh, yeah. was
1: exactly like 15 cents. And I'm like, whoa, is this not a sign from God or what? Mm-hmm. Like I am on the right track here, which of course, like I said earlier, I uh, proceeded to blow in the next two months, mm-hmm. but <laughs> it, was a, it was a lesson learned. But you know, um, my trading these days, I, uh, I really just, I go with the trend. I I still like to sell spreads, mm-hmm. right? But I'm not selling anything naked. I'm not selling anything just willy nilly. Like, if if a stock is going up, you better damn believe I am not selling calls against that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I'll sell puts. I'll sell put yeah. spreads. I'll sell you know a five dollar wide put spread, why not? As long as it's below a back just a trend line, you've got a hellacious uh, probability of profit right there. But I'll also do a uh, what what some people call a stock replacement which is buying a deep in the money call, paying little extrinsic value for it. And you're really getting a huge amount of leverage there. You get five to eight X leverage uh, versus just buying a stock outright. So if I hadn't started the podcast and if I hadn't learned my Wall Street tuition, I probably would have been continuing to make the same mistakes over and over. Mm -hmm. And that's just assuming that a, the market's efficient, which really goes against, you know, half your audience, what they think. Yeah, And B, that you can, you know, a 30-delta call has just as much probability of uh, winning as a 30-delta put, right? Mm-hmm. And and, and earlier in my uh, my media career, I wrote articles for uh, a few different websites, and I was like, hey, do you like oil? You could sell a call or you could sell a put. Either way, you're going to have a 70% probability of making money on it. And now looking back at it, I'm like, I was really ignorant
0: then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, good intentions, but uh, not, not wizened enough to, uh, to talk about that.
2: I think that the first stuff you write, you always look back on and say, like, why did I say that? Um, yeah. you know, we, we touched on it briefly, but for the summer of 2021, what macro trends do you see on the horizon? Uh, and then any option strategies that could be heavily utilized this summer?
1: And for me, that's not the greatest of questions or topics and I only say that not Mm -hmm. in criticism to you but because uh like this week I'm I'm long financials Mm -hmm. like I'm in uh discover financial fifth third bank um Charles Schwab and also long some oil Mm -hmm. but I could be out of all that by the end of the day like if if all that turned around you know by the end of the day I, I could be back out right and I don't I don't keep a long-term focus. I keep a very, very short-term focus. Okay. But here's something that your audience could do that they may find useful. I've got it built into a spreadsheet, so I don't have to actually do anything. But like, take for example the sectors.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So like XLE, XLF, things like that. Take the relative strength. So just basic RSI. Yep. Take RSI, and then divide it by the S&P 500's RSI. Okay. By doing that, you're going to get a relative strength across the market. So you can say, let's say, I don't know, um, let's say XLE Energy has a 30% on your relative strength calculation there. Mm -hmm. And then financials, XLF has a 50% relative strength in your calculation there. Financials are a better buy.
2: Yeah.
1: And then you can just go into that uh, sector and find what works best for you. But that's how I narrow my focus, is literally doing that very simple calculation and saying, if this is the best sector in the market, that's where I want to be. That's how I caught the whole move in oil earlier this year. Like my, my account went up like 75%. I thought it was like king of the universe, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, I caught all of these moves. I caught every single stock. I caught oil and, and all the you know Exxon, Chevrons, whatever. And it was literally because I had taken that calculation and saw, oh geez, XLE is performing really well against everything else in the yeah. market. Let me go investigate those. Got long those. Boom.
2: And then you it, picked it, out like, the ones. Worked all at once. And you picked out the ones. Okay. It's a
1: really simple metric. I have not seen anyone ever talk about that. But when I discovered that, I was like, "This is a big deal. Like this actually seems to work." No, it doesn't work every time, but it does give you some insight into where the money is going, yeah. right? Because then you can you can it, it's uh, it's an apples to apples comparison mm-hmm. versus anything else that's you know. An apples-to-orange comparison.
2: Well, I also think that relative strength is something that a new retail trader can easily grasp. It, 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 yeah. it's, it's a concept, I think, that is a lot more digestible than some of the other stuff that's out there.
1: And it'll make a lot more sense when the S&P 500 is not hitting all-time highs every day. Mm-hmm. And then you've got um, more opportunities in different sectors, right? Because like, when the S&P 500 is, let's say it's coasting at a 70 or 75 RSI – not everything is up there, mm-hmm. so not everything is showing like a greater than one value. But let's say the s and is down at like 60, 50, 40, and then you see something that peaks really strong, like let's say at that point, uh, in, industrials, XLI, has an RSI of like 60 versus the S&P of 40. That's one and a half times as much. Yeah. That's where the money's going right now. Mm-hmm. You should be checking out the industrials. Yes. So that's an easy, easy apples-to-apples apples comparison that, that somebody could make. Um, and this is, I, I mean, I just discovered that this year. And as soon as I discovered it, it was like a game changer um, in, in my returns. And so I, I'm telling everybody I can. Like, this is a very simple metric that you can easily calculate in five seconds. And you can use that. And, you know, just do it on the 11 sectors. You know, how long would that take you a day? 30 seconds if you got a spreadsheet or something like that?
2: Yeah, not, not even that, especially with some of the tools that, um, that I know people are getting gaining access to, yeah, I I, I really like that. It's kind of an opening salvo, and then you kind of you dig deeper from there, and you and you pick exactly. out which, which ones you want. It, it'll
1: it'll get you on the right playing field, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to play basketball and football and baseball and all the other racquetballs balls and you know lacrosse balls and things like that, you can just go straight to oh, everybody's playing football. Yep. I need to go play that.
2: Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. I want to pivot just for a little bit here. You see you are very active on social media. um, And I've had a couple other guests that I I wanted to pose this question to them. How do you parse out, filter out the trustworthy information you see out there when it comes to investing? Uh, There is so much risk, I think, of information overload, analysis paralysis, or just straight up bad faith advice that you see on Twitter or on stock twits uh what's your kind of filtration system that you use to look through that kind of stuff
1: you know i think jesse livermore even said it way back in the uh reminiscences of a stock operator Mm -hmm. that you have to do your own research for yourself yes you can't rely on on somebody and like i said earlier right i'm in discover financial it's been busting it it's up 12 percent this week my my uh my uh stock replacement strategy the uh, in the money deep calls they're up mm-hmm. like 90 percent over the week everything's going awesome but if i told you that today patrick and you went out and bought it today and it went down tomorrow you'd say this chris guy has no idea what he's talking
2: about mm-hmm. exactly and so i would
1: tell somebody because I, I i fell into this a long time ago uh of following what um I guess you could say like Twitter gurus were saying Mm -hmm. and you're not going to find me out there putting Mm -hmm. trade recommendations I mean you can go through my feed you ain't going to find one yeah because my trading is not your trading and I can't tell you how much to trade I can't tell you when to get in I can't tell you when to get out and if I I mean I keep a journal of all my trades but there's there's lots of great people you can learn from Uh, like Mark Minervini He's fantastic. I just had him on my podcast a couple of weeks ago.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you can learn a lot from Brian Shannon. The guy's a trend spider. They're fantastic. Um, but you've got to make your own decisions, like literally your own decisions.
2: It, I think you also have to put in your own sweat equity where if you do see a piece of advice, n- not necessarily a recommendation uh, because I, I like you're right. Anytime I see something like that on Twitter, I am incredibly leery of that. Um, but even if you see like advice or just thoughts or just you know ruminations you kind of have to run it through you put in the work and 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 look at this through your own lens um I'll give you a very simple basic example that I saw I saw on some Twitter and it was it, it was some random account with you know 6000 followers or so he got retweeted. It got picked up by some big thing, and he listed all the big, you know, names that he's watching for twenty twenty one, and then with like a little brief blurb about it. And the person, the person called this company the Chinese Tesla, and it takes two seconds of research to look and say that their headquarters is in Arizona, <laughs> and. You had all these people being like, wow, love this pick. It's great. It's like, guys, you have to do your own research. You can find a couple people, like you said, and I think it's very important that you latch on to a couple people that you trust, but you have to put your own sweat equity in there.
1: I agree. Um, but when you put your own sweat, sweat equity in, be be humble enough to say when you're wrong. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Because you may... I. I I have been guilty of this, and I've heard of a lot of other people who have been guilty of this, that they will analyze the trade to death, and they're like, all right, I'm ready to go long Apple,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's the day Apple goes down. But <laughs> yeah. they'll never get out, Yeah, because they're like, I did all the research. This should be going up. Should. Mm-hmm. should never be in your, your vocabulary. It either is going up, and you're riding the trend, or it's going down, and you're planning your exit.
2: Right. That's a very I mean, I, I am That's very much a very good a, point. I'm a very
1: simple trend trader at the end of the day. Now, I get lots of different ideas from different places, but if the only thing that matters is price going up or price going down if you're going short, but well, I don't ever go short. I just go I just go long. It's not I mean, if you're going to go short, hey, you got to have the market working for you, which doesn't happen all that often. Mm-hmm. And B, you've got to uh, be very precise because the largest bull rallies ever happened in bear markets. And
2: if Very well you said. get in on the
1: wrong side of that, you're toast.
2: Very well said. Very well said. Um, well, uh, we're nearing our, our, our time limit here, so I, I want to wrap up. always like to end the episodes with giving you the floor to uh, plug what you guys are you know working on. So tell me about 10minutestocktrader.com. What do you guys have coming up for the next couple of weeks?
1: For sure. Uh, I would definitely encourage everyone to go check out um, the podcast we put on. It's called How to Trade Stocks and Options Podcast. Uh, it's on every podcast platform and YouTube uh, we're getting this close to 2 million downloads now and um, it's uh, it's about 500 episodes it's it's you know a labor of love mm-hmm. um, I, uh, I've i been working with a uh, a fintech firm called uh, FinClub finclub.ai and they provide uh, artificial intelligence stock uh, stock picks and um, originally when they first contacted me they're like hey we got this cool service and I'm like yeah right sure <laughs> um And then I tried it, and I was like, this is pretty cool, and it works really, really well. Uh, I am an investor in it myself after that point, and uh, we created a course. And in that course, you actually get a month of their software for free when you take the course. So you'll learn how to trade, and you'll learn how to trade with AI, and you'll get 30 days of free AI stock picks whenever you you do that. And the the way to get there is at AIStockTradingSystem.com.
2: Great. I, had saw, I saw that on your site, and I was hoping I was going to get a chance to hear about that because you it, know, I, uh, it I didn't get a chance to
1: go into it, uh, but maybe, maybe we can make that a second episode because the, uh, the first time that I used it, I was on vacation, in the shower, and, well, I made a trade. I got in the shower, I got out of the shower, and I'm like. Oh wow! This works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you that was really cool. All right, let's you, go out to lunch.
2: You step out with an epiphany. I bet you it was the best tasting lunch you've had in a while. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so
1: I'm a huge, huge, huge advocate of that, and I factor that into my trading. Right? Mm-hmm. If uh, they, the simplest of terms, they give you picks. They say you know, stock A is going to this price by this time frame, and uh, here's a stop loss in case it doesn't. And then they also give you like a red, yellow, orange, and, and a green light on each day. And I take that as like gospel. If yep. it's a green day, I'm looking to go long everything. If it's a red day, I'm going to close my computer yep. I'm out. Yep. So, I mean, it, it's a really amazing program. And I, I definitely encourage people to check it out, AIStockTradingSystem.com.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, check it out. And then, of course, 10MinuteStockTrader.com, Christopher Yule. From Cincinnati to Dallas, just like Andy Dalton, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, Yeah, part two, it's got to happen. So we'd love to hear from you again in the future. Take care, Chris. Talk soon.
1: if you like this video, let me know by leaving me a like below and then subscribe and share it with somebody you think could use it as well. Be sure to comment below with your biggest takeaway from this episode and any suggestions you have for future episodes. And finally, make sure you watch these other videos to help you trade faster and trade smarter, and I'll see you on the next episode.
0: 10MinuteStockTrader.com content is for information and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10 and Christopher Ewell, through its content, financial programming or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors and is provided without respect to the individual investors' and audience's financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. And for evaluating the merits and risks associated with the use of any financial security and broker platform. For more information, please visit 10MinuteStockTrader.com/legal. And thanks for stopping by.